the Son of Man is come, not to be ministered unto, but to minister, to give his life ransom for all. And they came to Jericho, that is, Jesus and his disciples, and possibly the crowd. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher, Dr. John G. Mitchell, was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. Our name, the Unchanging Word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. Here in the Gospel of Mark, this lesson begins in chapter 10, verses 45 through 52. After Jesus spoke of himself as one who came to minister and to give his life a ransom for many, in fact for all, he now ministers once again near Jericho. A blind man by the name of Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, asked Jesus to open his eyes once again. This blind man was initially rebuked by the crowd standing next to him along the way. But Jesus heard him calling out to him as Jesus, son of David. This blind man recognized Jesus as the coming Messiah, the Messiah who was born in the city of David as Christ, the Lord, the Savior, to save his people. Here is Dr. Mitchell in Mark chapter 10, verses 45 through 52, with Jesus, our Savior, on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you. I sincerely hope that you're having the, the joy that I'm having as I've studied this gospel through Mark and seen something of the heart of God. You know, one could speak of the sovereignty of God, the majesty of God, the glory of God, and these various things concerning God himself, of how he's the creator and he's the upholder of all things, he's the maker of all things, seeing him in his majesty, in his sovereignty, in his power, and we would shrink into nothing if we gazed upon it. But I'm so glad that he has revealed to us his own heart towards sinners, not to angels, not to demons, but to men and women like you and me. 
And we were having this in the 45th verse of the, the Son of Man is come. Hmm? Not to be ministered unto, but to minister, to give his life a ransom for all. Wonderful, wonderful thing. Oh, again, I plead with your heart, get to know the Savior. Read the Gospels. See his tenderness, his love, his compassion. And I never get over it. And I've been teaching the Word of God for many years. And it just seems I'm beginning to get a little glimpse of the heart of God toward men. My, how he loves you. How he loves me. How he loves men and women. No wonder Paul could write that God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself to be a ransom for all, to be testified in due time. And remember, he paid all the ransom. You can't even add to it. Thank God you can't take from it. There's enough value in the work of Jesus Christ to redeem the whole human race if they were to come to him. You see, it's not the great value that you might place upon the work of Christ. In fact, I'm afraid to say this, but I'm going to say it. Even among Christians, we have put a little value, little re-value on the work of Christ at the cross. We say, well, he died to put away our sins. Well, thank God he did. If that was all, it would be wonderful. But my friend, when he died on the cross, he did more than that. He made it possible for sinners to come into the presence of God. Having had their sins forgiven and cleansed and put away, covering them with the righteousness of Christ, the very righteousness of God giving them eternal life and making them the children of one who is God. So we cry out, as Romans chapter 8 says, we cry out, Abba, Father. My, what a ransom he paid. And it's an insult, and I say it very bluntly, it's an insult for a man to say, what Jesus Christ did on the cross is wonderful, but I've got to add to it. I've got to put some works to it. Or I've got to put some ceremonies to it. Or I've got to put some this, that, or the other to it. Oh, my friend. Oh, my friend. But Christ did worked on the cross. As we have it in this verse, the Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for you, for me, for all. I'm so glad, and I say it again, I'm so glad he came. Did you ever stop to think what would have happened if he hadn't come? Do you ever stop to think of what would have happened if Jesus hadn't gone to the cross? Here he is, within a few days, he's going to be in Jerusalem, going to be crucified. What would have happened if he'd gone back to Galilee and finished his life in Galilee without fulfilling the promise, the word of his Father? No, friend. The Son of Man has come to give his life a ransom. All that the righteous character of God demanded Christ fulfilled for you and for me. I want to get this right down to your heart. I want you to say it. I want you to love him. He's the only Savior. He's a real Savior. 
He's a perfect Savior. Thank God he's an eternal Savior. And he'll never go to the cross again. He's on the throne. There's no need for another cross. He died and finished the work. He'll never go back to the cross. He's on the throne. When he comes back to the earth, the next time he's going to come as Lord of Lords and King of Kings and reign in righteousness. But that's the future. God is still in wonderful love and grace, saving men and women like you and me. I again repeat it, I'm so glad he came just because of you and just because of me. Which forces me to ask the question, have you taken this wonderful Savior as yours? I'm not asking you, are you good? Are you religious? Are you bad? Or are you indifferent? I'm not asking any of those questions. The question I ask is, what are you going to do with Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Or in this case, the Son of Man, who came to ransom you from the power of the grave, to ransom you from the slavery of sin, to ransom you from the powers of darkness. What are you going to do with them? See, Mr. Mitchell, is it real? Is it real? Can you guarantee it? My friend, God guarantees it. How do you know? He raised his son from the dead and set him at his own right hand to be a prince and a savior. He has given him all authority in heaven and in earth. And God's personal guarantee to you that he is satisfied with the ransom he raised his son from the dead. And when our Savior was on the road to the cross, as we shall see in these next coming chapters, he's on his way to Jerusalem now. And he has before him to be rejected, delivered to the Gentiles, to be killed, to be scourged, to be spat upon, to be crucified. Thank God to be raised again from the dead. This is our Savior. If you want to know the heart of God toward you, my friend, the eternal, sovereign, living God, you look at Jesus. For there we have the revelation of the Father, the revelation of the heart of God toward you. Again, let me give you the verse. It's the central verse of the chapter, of the whole book, in fact. For the Son of Man is come, not to be ministered unto, but to minister, to give his life ransom for all. Now, the rest of the chapter, and I'd like to do this, from verse 46 right down to verse 52, we have the story or the incident of the blind man, Bartimaeus. May I refresh your memory? This is the second miracle since the Mount of Transfiguration. In fact, the second miracle since, Paul, since Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And he came down the Mount of Transfiguration and he, and he healed or cast the demons out of a boy. And this is the next one in chapter 10. No more miracles after this to the cross. Let me read the story to you. And they came to Jericho, that is, Jesus and his disciples, and possibly the crowd. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. 
But he cried the more, Great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now here's a blind beggar outside of Jericho. He's blind and he's a beggar. By the way, that's an amazing picture, is it not? of the unsaved man, a woman. See, 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, The God of this world hath blinded the minds of those who believe not, lest the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. Or Paul's personal testimony in Acts 26.18, when he said, The Lord sent me to minister and to witness. What for? What to do? To open blind eyes to turn men from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. But let me ask you a question. Why did this man, blind Bartimaeus, cry out in verse 47, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David. Why didn't he say Jesus of Nazareth? That's what they were saying. He heard, you know, He's a blind man. He's a beggar. There's a lot of noise, crowd around him. What's going on? Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So he cried out. He didn't say Jesus of Nazareth now. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now remember, he's a blind man. He's a beggar. Why did he say, thou son of David? There's only one who can qualify for that, and that's the Messiah. And no question that the blind man, this blind beggar, had heard a lot of stories about Jesus of Nazareth. It was was well known through the country that he fed the thousands, that he raised the dead, that he opened the eyes of the blind, that he cleansed lepers, that he cast out demons, that he rebuked the fever, healed the palsy, etc. These are the marks, these are the credentials of the Messiah. So he cried out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd round said him, Shut up, shut up. You can just see that in verse 48. And many charged him, He should hold his peace. Shut up. What are you all the noise about? But he cried out all the more. This man is a persistent beggar. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And by the way, he has to cry out. Why? Jesus never went that way again. Remember, he's on his way to the cross. He never went by the way of Jericho. It's the last, and may I say, it's the only opportunity, as far as I know, that blind Bartimaeus had of meeting the Savior. He's not going to be put off. This is his day to have his eyes open. If he misses Jesus today, he'll continue and blind until he's dead. Do you know how to think of a verse? In Corinthians 6, the first verse which says, Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. You can't bank on tomorrow. This man had only one opportunity. But what did he get the idea? He only believed a report. 
He'd heard a report about Jesus of Nazareth. And you remember Isaiah 53, 1 says, Who hath believed our report? Unto whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. See, the arm of the Lord is revealed to those who believe the report. My friend, how were you saved? By believing a report. But the report is concerning Jesus, the Son of God. Son of man is come to ransom us. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to, do, to destroy the works of the devil. He came because he loved you. He was manifested to take away our sins. Do you believe it? Well, what guarantee have you got that the report is true? Ah, God raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand to be a prince and a savior. Just as sure as God raised his son from the dead, just so sure are we that he ransomed us from the power of the grave. He ransomed us from the guilt and penalty and power of sin. He ransomed us from the powers of darkness. How do I know? God raised him from the dead. And I like this man, old blind Bartimaeus. One of these days I'm going to see him. Are you? Are you? I am. This man needed mercy. This man needed to have his eyes open. This man meant business. And believe me, God means business. And when Jesus heard, he said, they called the blind man. Jesus stood still. Now remember, he's on his way to the cross, surrounded by a crowd of people and his disciples. Stops the whole business. Stops the whole business. What for? To meet the need of a blind man. Ah, friend, he stops the whole business now to meet your need. Do you know that? Do you know that he's always open to meet your need? And maybe I'm talking to some today listening to me on the radio, and you've got a real need. You've tried everything under heaven. Still, you have that need. I tell you, you take it up with Jesus. That is, if you know him, if you know him, if you know Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus, you are the object of the care of our loving Father in heaven. The eternal God is our Father. He cares for us. He's responsible for us. If you've got a need, are you discouraged? Are you disheartened? Is the way rough? Life has not been very good to you. The Lord Jesus can give you peace. Just like this blind man. Jesus said to him, what do you want? Why, Lord, what do I want? So obvious what I want. Lord, I want my eyes opened. Jesus said, go your way. Your faith hath made you whole. He's, he says that to you. And let me tell you, my friend, as he never, he never, in 1900 years of gospel preaching and testimony, God has never yet turned away anybody who meant business. Do you mean business with God? God means business with you. Isn't it a wonderful thing? I tell you, if you had been a blind man and it's your only chance to have your eyes open, what would you do? When everybody is saying to you, shut up, don't make, a, don't make so much noise. 
Don't bother Jesus. He's on his way to Jerusalem. I don't bother him. And I'm sure the disciples would be very happy to bother him. No. You can't get away from it. It's my only opportunity. It's my only chance to meet Jesus. My friend today, who knows how many chances, how many opportunities you will have of coming to Jesus with your sin, with your failures, with your moral corruption, with all that you need. He's always ready to open eyes. Satan has blinded your eyes. If you mean business, cry unto the Savior. He'll open your eyes. You'll see wondrous things in the Word of God. You'll fall in love with Jesus. He understands you. <laughs> when nobody else understands you, he understands you. Always understands you. Always ready to meet your need. I kind of like this story. The blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith hath made you whole. See? That means his faith was set upon the Savior. Faith doesn't save. It's the object of your faith. He made Jesus, the son of David, the object of his faith. You're the Messiah. And as the Messiah, you're going to open blind eyes. Isaiah said that, that when Messiah comes, he's going to open blind eyes. He's going to cleanse lepers. The lame are going to leap like a heart. Lord, you're the Messiah, the son of David. And if you don't open my eyes, nobody else will. And tell you, my friend, if you don't come to Jesus and accept him as your Savior, you'll never be saved. He's the only Savior. But thank God he's a perfect Savior. He's an eternal Savior. He's a wonderful Savior. Just one more thing. And this also struck me very forcibly. And immediately he received his sight and went jumping out of the way. Huh? Oh no, oh no. And he followed Jesus in the way. Where was Jesus going? To Jerusalem. What for? To suffer, to be rejected, to be despised, to be scourged, to be crucified. And the blind man whose eyes had been opened followed Jesus in the way. By the way, are you following him in the way? Do you know, friend, do you know, friend, that he's always ready, always ready to have you follow him? I'm talking to you Christians, you who trust the Savior. Are you following Jesus? Or do you want your own way? Why don't you make him the object of your affection and love? You see, the more you love him, the more you'll obey him. The more you love him, the more you'll count him as your real master. The more you love him, the less you love yourselves and the more you love him. Oh, I tell you, it's wonderful to have such a Savior. And I read... They followed Jesus in the way. And remember, he said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now may the Lord bless you today. And may he make his word very, very exceeding precious to your heart. And will you sometime today tell the Lord how much you love him? They say, Mitchell, I can't say that. Well, say it anyhow. Don't you love him? Don't you love him? Don't you trust him? He'd just love to have you come to him and tell him that. Read the word of God. Read these gospels and 
Look at the tenderness and the compassion and love of Christ and then tell him how much he loved you, how much you love him because he first, what? Loved you. And that's what 1 John 5 says, we love him because he first loved us. And the Lord bless you for his name. Say. In my darkness, Jesus found me, touched my eyes and made me see, broke sin's chains that long had bound me, brought me life and liberty. Love of Christ, my Lord divine, that made him stoop to save a soul like mine. Through all my days and then in heaven above, my song will silence never. I'll worship him forever and praise him for his glorious His glorious love. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.